Hi, and welcome to Emetophobia Help. I'm Anna Christie, recovered emetophobic and licensed psychotherapist specializing in emetophobia. These podcasts have a trigger warning of words associated with emetophobia. If you enjoy these podcasts or you find them helpful, you can buy me a coffee. Just scroll down in the notes, click on the link, and for a couple of bucks, you can support the podcast. So season four, here we go. Here today with Willie from San Francisco, California, in the United States. <laughs> we'll start. Uh, we'll start off kind of like um, we do with with everything, and I'll just get you to talk a little bit about your emetophobia. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've I've listened to a bunch of the episodes, so I've almost practiced uh, <laughs> answering the questions, I'm sure, as, I, as others have okay. listened along. So, um, yeah, I, I have had emetophobia as long as I could remember. Uh, I don't ever remember it starting. I just have always had it. Um, I think in general, I was an anxious kid. I was worried about tests and crowds and small places, elevators, all that kind of stuff. Um, but really, intrusive, repetitive thoughts about vomit dominated um, and I would say the main way it impacted me is it just made everything harder. So, you know, people would say no one likes going to the dentist. But for me, if I knew I had a dentist appointment on Thursday, the entire week I couldn't sleep. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. Couldn't focus in school. Right. So it made things that were hard harder. And then it made things that were fun for other people, not fun for me. And that was really confusing. Like, People seem to love going out to dinner and going to the movie theater. Mm. But a new restaurant that I don't trust, with new food that I haven't tried, movie theater, a dark place, I don't know what's in the movie, I don't know the people around me, it's dark, I can't get to the bathroom fast enough, right? Just so yeah. overwhelming me. I, I was very confused why people, why it was so easy for other people and hard for me. I didn't understand it as a kid. Um, and... I definitely, there was a lot of just asking what's wrong with me. And for a long time, you know, I thought I was just like weak. Mm. I, I needed to tough it out more. I needed to be stronger. I remember I watched TV. There, there was like, I learned what a hypochondriac was. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm a hypochondriac. That that explains some of what I'm going through, but it wasn't quite right. So it was a lot of not understanding what was going on. Um, eventually in high school, it just kept continuing to escalate. I had my first panic attacks in high school, um, totally driven by emetophobia. But again, I did still didn't know what was happening. Um, and eventually, I found emetophobia online. I think I just was Googling about my the way I was feeling, and I found a list that said, like, 20 signs you might have emetophobia. Right. And I remember reading down that list, just like coming to tears, mm -hmm. feeling so validated and finally having something to explain why things were hard. Um, and for a long time, that was enough. Just having a label was enough for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, went from there. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of my childhood with emetophobia. Yeah. Did you think um, that other kids felt like you, but just weren't afraid? 
You know what I mean? Like, ex- did you think yeah. that they experienced uh, things the same way you did, but they never seemed to worry about it? I wondered if this is how everyone felt when nauseous. Right. And my problem was I was nauseous all the time. Oh. So yeah. a lot of it was like, something's physically wrong with me. That's the problem, not the anxiety response. And when I, you know, when I talked to my parents about the way that I felt and told them I don't want to go to school, I don't want to go to the dentist. I think their response was also, why is he nauseous all the time? And so there was a lot of searching mm-hmm. for that being the root cause. And that's sort of how um, I think I was trying to understand it as a kid. Did they take you to a bunch of doctors and tests and things? Yes. Yeah. So it was like, maybe I have acid reflux. Maybe I have a problem with the muscles in my throat. Um, did various tests and, and things like that, trying to figure out a physical explanation. Yeah, that happens to a lot of kids because kids have to do what their parents say. So they have they have <laughs> to have barium swallow tests and, you know, co- yeah. all that sort of stuff. Whereas adults are like, I don't want that either. I don't want a diagnostic test um, because I have to drink, you know, there's one where I think it uh, tests that measures how you digest food or something and you have to eat an egg while <laughs> while the test is going on and that mm. that's that can be tricky or is how quickly your stomach empties yeah that one so wow there's all kinds of stuff i yeah i mean i did a test at one point where i was drinking like a, a special fluid that they could see an x-ray while like upside down on a table yeah so yeah it's um and i mean i, I the other side of that, though, is I don't think I ever told anyone specifically I was afraid of vomiting mm-hmm. because I was almost afraid to admit that because I was worried of what they would make me do. I didn't trust right. other people or I was afraid that people would poison me if they knew just to take it, you know, in this more kind of just base OCD type intrusive thoughts that prevented me from ever really being honest with anyone, including my parents, about um, so I mostly just said, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and never really was truthful about it. Must have driven your parents crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you talk to them at all about it now? Yeah. No, I part of what helped me recover actually was being much more open and honest with it about emetophobia with everyone, my, my friends, my wife, my parents. So I talk about it all the time. I find that actually really helpful for me. So have you had other other kind of treatment or or what what have you done since discovering that this is what you had? Yeah, so I mean, I had discovered I had emetophobia and I just said, okay, I have emetophobia, I'm going to have it for my whole life. And that like I said for a while was enough for me. I mean, it was like freedom in of just knowing the definition. But then phobia didn't stop. It just kept taking more and more from me. So I think I started in college with talking with a counselor, uh, like a mental health counselor there about, and again, I don't think I was honest about emetophobia. I just said, I'm anxious. I feel depressed. Um, and then I saw a psychiatrist and then I saw a few different therapists and I made a couple of different attempts through doing exposure and response prevention therapy eventually after kind of actually being honest. Um, so all in all, it was, I think it was like seven years of different seeing different counselors and therapists before 
I had, you know, what I consider like my breakthrough and now I consider myself fully recovered. Um, yeah. So. Wow. That's, that's, that's a great thing to be able to say. I, I mean, I love it. I, I don't interview very many people that say that. Um, so what, what was this breakthrough? I'm curious. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I eventually found a therapist I really, really liked. And the main thing I liked was they were never pushing me. They were just giving me the tools to push myself. And that kind of, that made ERP doable because I had, I was the one driving it more. Um, and that, that approach was really helpful for me. And so I was just making more and more progress doing exposure, um, things I thought I never would be able to do. And one day during exposure, I just had zero fear. I mean, I had, I reached a moment of complete acceptance that I might throw up and it would be okay. And I had been telling myself that for months and months, years, but finally it's like the inner voice believed me. Um, That's, yeah. I always tell people, fake it till you make it, you know, but just say, uh, it doesn't matter if I vomit, even though you don't believe it. And one day you will believe it. So now you're describing that. Well, like, was it like a light bulb moment, you know, or, or what, was it a dimmer switch that kind of turned up, up the light? It's, it's funny. It's, it gives me chills just thinking about it still, but it, it was a total light bulb moment. And then it was like a euphoric feeling that lasted a very long time. Like for almost like a week, I couldn't get any work done because I just wanted to go live life. Um, and it it was a click. I was in my bathroom when it clicked for me because I, I would avoid the bathroom when I was nauseous my whole life because it's, you know, didn't want to be near the, the toilet. And so I was building up to that and I was in there and telling myself, saying the same things I've been practicing in therapy and boom, it just, yeah, it clicked. Light bulb moment. And then I felt amazing and everything became easier. I mean, going to the grocery store used to be take a lot of energy, just as like a simple example. Now that's right. nothing. Um, and I enjoy, th- I'm still learning who I am without emetophobia. So that was my, that breakthrough moment was about a year and two months ago. And I'm still like figuring out, now I know I like live music. Before, <laughs> yeah. before I never understood why do people like <laughs> concerts? I don't get it. It seemed awful, but now I love it. And so I'm, it's been fun kind of rediscovering who I am. And I know my wife has had a great time because now I'm actually going out and doing things and we can go have fun uh, much easier now. So it's been, it's been a fantastic year. Okay. This is a really important question that our listeners are going to want to know. Did you get Taylor Swift tickets? I went and saw. No, I was just joking. You're supposed to say no, like everybody else that tries to get them and can't get them. Oh my goodness! I was. I'm on a wait list still. My granddaughters. I like her too. I've always. I've always liked her since she was like 14 years old or whatever. But yeah, well, good for you. Was it a good show? I've heard that it was good. Oh, it it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And the whole like. Every couple minutes, I would check in with myself and go, I feel great. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for the exit. I'm not looking for the bathroom. I'm not (laughs) chewing gum. I just was like so pumped the whole time that I felt amazing. Yeah, 
That's great. That's great. I'm I'm really happy um, for you. And so now we're. I want to talk about like the reason why you and I know each other because on Reddit there was a there is a an emetophobia thread kind of um, uh, group whatever you want to call it on Reddit. Reddit is so weird. I hardly ever go there. But anyway, <laughs> you're either a Reddit person or you're not. But um, but we noticed that you had a website called BIA, which is the last three letters of phobia, I realized. And um, I used to be on the Business um, Improvement Association <laughs> The oh. <laughs> so I have a name tag that says BIA and my name actually, but uh, anyway, that's funny. So you um, are a web designer, um, computer guy, and expert, and so you've designed this awesome website. Why don't you talk about it for a little bit? What 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 yeah. led you to it, and so on? Yeah. So I mean, I I studied computer science in school, and I've always been loved computers and made little little website side projects for fun ever since I was a kid. Um, and when I started exposure therapy the first time for emetophobia, I was blown away by the progress that I made very quickly, like just in terms of saying the words or reading the words. But then I was also just dreading going to therapy. Like the when I knew I had an appointment the next day, I was miserable and I started to kind of want to drive the ERP myself. Um, and so I took what the therapist had been providing me, the same exposures, and just putting them in like a, I printed out a binder and I was going through my own binder. And then eventually this became a website that I could go to on my phone. So during my lunch break at work, quickly go through, you know, 10 exposures. I was just really wanted to get um, rapid, continuous prog practice. Um, and I started to feel myself make a lot of good progress with more practice. So the website continued to grow from there. And I, as when I would reach like a new milestone where I was ready, like, okay, I'm done with words and sentences. I felt mm -hmm. I'm ready for images. I would build that part of the website mm -hmm. and do it myself. So it became my own therapy to build the website. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And and, you know, I mentioned before that part of what was helpful in therapy for me was talking about my emetophobia. Mm -hmm. As soon as I talked about it, I discovered that some of my closest friends suffered from emetophobia and we had always just been, wow. I think that's why we were probably good friends is because we always understood and let, gave each other space when we needed it. Yeah, um, and so I started to share around the tool and, and got a lot of positive feedback and um, I... It just sort of organically grew. I worked on it for about four years during my therapy journey, and it grew into the website it is today, which is, you know, step-by-step -step exposure therapy. So it starts off with letters, showing you letters, typing the letters, showing you words, typing the words, um, engaging with sentences, and it kind of moves through the whole exposure hierarchy, and um, there's 10 total sort of chapters, I call mm -hmm. them right now, on the website. And it keeps track of your progress as you move through. Um, it helps you revisit ones that were challenging um, or kind of gates the flow of exposure. Because I know 
kind of my own concern and other people's concerns is, am I moving too fast? Where do I start? Right. How do I know if I'm making progress? The, the goal was to answer all of those things and make it a little bit easier. And um, it's very specifically not a replacement for therapy, but I think it's for people who like the structure, like myself, it's a really structured, organized way to take on exposure and measure your practice and do it from your phone or your computer or wherever, you know, you feel best doing it. Right. Yeah. It, uh, the thing I liked about it when you, um, when you contacted me and David Russ, who I wrote um, the book with for a therapist, um, and we kind of went through it, um, I really liked how, yeah, you can't just, like, because we have all those resources as well on our website, but you could theoretically just click through them all real quick and say, oh, I can see all those, you know, they don't, they don't bother me. But then you find out that people aren't really looking at them. They're not really slowing down and saying, what, how high is my anxiety right now, you know, and am I doing anything to try to fix it, which you shouldn't be doing, right? Uh, you should be just leaving it alone and seeing if you can tolerate it. So it slows you down, you know, your your website slows you down and, and has you, um, I don't know how to describe it, like be more careful about how you go mm. through before you go to the next level. So you can't just click, click, click through. In fact, we had to ask you for a backdoor so we could click, click, click through it. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have taken us like, you know, two months to get through it or something like that. So that's what I really liked about it. Um, and now I think you have, if my understanding is you have, um, some of it is free, but some of it you pay, you pay a little something. Can you talk about that for a bit? Yeah, the, the way it works right now is there's 10... There's typically 10 chapters of it in the exposure hierarchy, and that can change. Actually, now people can customize. You can add or remove certain chapters. For example, like if you mark that you're a parent and you're worried about having kids, I, you know, the website will add content specific to kids, as an example. Um, but the first chapter is free to try to, to see if this okay. is the right tool for yeah. you, if you find that it's helping you. And then after that... Um, I charge a monthly fee and, you know, I actually quit my job as a software engineer to work on the website full-time this year. So I'm still exploring, you know, I would love to work on this as my full-time job right now. It's just sort of, um, a, a, a dream that I'm spending some time on. And <laughs> yeah. so other things I'm pursuing are like, you know, can I get a, a grant from the National Institute of Mental Health, um, to go ahead and develop it and fund it and things like that. Yeah. So still exploring all the options. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's an, it's an amazing tool and um, it, it's um, well, I, now I'm stammering. I'm going to have to edit myself out now. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about it? Just that. Um, oh, I have no idea. I'm going to edit this whole piece out. All right. <laughs> So, yes, it's a nominal fee, as I recall. It's not very much, right? Um, right, it's it's $20 a month. Right, yes, which I think the thing I like about that is I'm always trying to find ways to reach more people, you know. So I have my therapy practice. It's $250 a session, you know, Canadian, which is whatever, 100 bucks American or something. And it's a little more than that, but no, anyway. And then I, I started these classes. So you get 10 for $750 Canadian, which is only 75 an hour kind of thing. But that still doesn't reach, you know, 
people that have that are like, why don't you know? I don't have a thousand. I don't have half a thousand dollars to pay, but you know, twenty bucks a month. I mean, that's really reasonable. Um, and most people can, you know, because I, just like you, I can't do stuff for free. I still have payments to make and mouths to feed, and you know, whatever. Right. But um, so that that's yeah. I don't I don't know if there are enough emetophobics in the world looking for treatment to keep you from getting another job <laughs> but you know yeah see. I, I mean it's certainly when i when i made the jump to work on it full time i told myself worst case scenario i build a website that you know a few people find helpful and having had a metaphobia myself i was like that's worth it yeah. if, even if i help one person yeah yeah um, yeah so I just want to give my stamp of approval on it. I know that we've gone back and forth a little bit with being a consultant, and there's always insurance companies mixed up with us. But I think David's going to be able to help you out a little bit in that regard, um, you know, because he's in America, and it's more free than Canada. <laughs> I joke that we're communists up here. We're not communists. I just watched Oppenheimer. That was really scary. A uh, time of, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's like a scary yes. time when you could even express in America that you might think communism was right. an okay thing. Oh boy, oh boy, you could get in trouble. Anyway, yeah, there are less regulations and so on in the States. Hopefully David can help you out a bit. Um, I'm happy to, you know, give it this plug um, on this podcast and get you some traffic there. That would be great. I've been really concentrating on getting my classes built up and that's going quite well. So yeah, move along there. Well, Willie, you are an incredible person. You have an incredible story, first of all, you know, to be, you know, to be so, to feel so alone as so many people do. Many people who just catch this podcast, maybe this very one for the first time and realize they're not alone. And then to go from that and to go through, you were lucky enough to get therapists at least knew what to say, you know, at least knew the direction. Mm. Um, you know, you've mentioned ERP a few times. It's exposure and response prevention. That's the way out of this. Absolutely. Um, there hasn't been anything else proven anyway. There's a few people seem to get out of it with EMDR or hypnosis, but there are, I can, you know, one hand can measure those. So, and then um, you've spent all this time developing this wonderful tool. So I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you so much, Anna. Okay, take care. I'll let you know about resources that you can find. First of all, I teach a set of 10 classes um, for people with emetophobia. And you can find information about those on my website at emetophobiahelp.com. Dot org. I also have a Facebook group called Emetophobia No Panic, and you can look that up on Facebook. If you're listening as a therapist, there is a free website for you at emetophobia.net. It has all the resources you need for free to treat emetophobia. Dr. David Russ, child psychologist, and I recently published a book called Emetophobia, Understanding and Treating Fear of Vomiting in Children and Adults, and it's available at all online booksellers.